Welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast as we explore the mind of former MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner Brett Boone as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. On this episode of the Boone Podcast, Brett sits down with the youngest of the Boone brothers, Matt Boone. All right, let's do this. And now, here's your host, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone. And today on the program, we're making it a family affair. He's been mentioned time to time on the program, but today he's our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, the youngest of the Boone brothers, Matty Boone. Matt, thanks for coming on the program. Brett, thanks for having me. It's been a while. We finally, we finally got you on. We've been talking about it for a while. Uh, what's it like being Brett Boone's brother? catch me off guard right away well uh it's very clear that i am brett boone's brother and i've been told that by you all the time um you know the way you've always said you know i am brett boone's brother i'm not matt boone it's just kind of the way that that you've uh told people who i am and so you know that's who you are to me so that's kind of what it's like (laughs) <laughs> I was wondering when I asked you that. I said, well, a lot of things could happen. He could say, well, at times it could be challenging. Yeah. <laughs> at times wow. it could be, at times it's good, times it's challenging. Um, we talked about it and you've heard the podcast on the show. We've, we've talked at length. I think people know uh, about my childhood. Um, you know, I, I was thinking back on our, our childhood as, you know, as brothers, we're 10 years apart. And when I was headed off to USC, Maddie was was only eight years old. So we had that big gap. You know, Matt's a little kid. He's in third grade. I'm going off to college. Uh, but tell me, tell me about Maddie Boone. What was Maddie Boone like as a kid? Well, I know what you were like. Tell the audience, what was Maddie Boone like uh, growing up in that Boone household? You know, to, to start off, because you mentioned it just previously, it was – you know, growing up was very similar to your growing up as far as chasing dad around and going to the yard and doing that thing. It was just in a different era. But growing up, Matty Boone, to get back to the second part of the question, was just, you know, I was the I was the last of the three, um, the big gap. So I was just kind of tagging along, it seemed like. But I was always involved. Um, but you had that, that big gap kind of created where I couldn't do as many things with you guys as per se you and Aaron could, because you and Arnie could always hang out because of your age gap. I was just a younger brother. Uh, just watching you guys though, and uh, paying attention to everything. So picking up on little things here and there, and it was a lot of baseball and baseball and baseball, and that's all we did. But uh, I seemed like you were a lot with dad you and Arn when I was growing up. So I spent a lot of time with mom and she was running me around in little league games and stuff like that. So that was kind of the younger Maddie Boone. Yeah. We moved from New Jersey. I think you were four years old. You mentioned that, you know, you did, you grew up uh, similar to the way I did similar to the way Aaron did. It was just kind of a, uh, the landscape was different. I, I grew up in Philly and uh, partly, you know, in Anaheim going to the ballpark, but then I was getting into high school and getting serious, getting into college. Yours was kind of Anaheim. And then you got to go with dad uh, when he played for the Royals. And we'll get, a, we'll get into a little, uh, little bit of that as we go. 
but um, your childhood. Once you get going, you you know, kind of baseball's there for you. You know, it's kind of all of us got kind of handed a bat, never pressured. But um, tell everybody about your sports. It was baseball, obviously. What else did you like to do? You know, it was always baseball, and, and I like to touch on never pressured because you know that that was a big thing of ours because. You know, we were never forced to do anything. It was kind of do what you want, and we always fell to baseball. But uh, I tried other things. I loved playing hoops when I was younger, and I got to a point where I was, you know, six foot one, and all my friends were seven foot seven. It seemed like, and then it was just like time for me to stop playing hoops, and I wasn't that good. So that was right before high school. I played a little bit of water polo just to kind of see where that was at because football wasn't my thing, and. So uh, I kind of did that just to kind of a couple years of that to see see if I like swimming around in the water and that that really wasn't it. So I just you know ended up focusing on baseball because you know that's what I loved and it wasn't forced. It was just what I wanted to do. And it's always interesting to me because you know people <laughs> think we've talked we 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 have we don't talk about any of this stuff. I mean the childhood yeah we touch on things but you know I grew up in that when I was your age I was in Philly I was with Bull. And I was with, uh, uh, you know, Schmitty and Carlton. And, and that was my era. Yours was more of Bo Jackson, George Brett, uh, a young Saberhagen. So who were the guys that really you, you kind of were your favorite guys? You know, I think it started in Anaheim. And that was, you know, the 86 team sticks out in my mind. Um, you know, you got. You, you just got Wally Joyner was someone who pops into my head because he was a young star in my era, and I was close with him and, and got to know him because Dad was buddies with him. Um, but it started in Anaheim with those great teams, you know. Um, and then really what sticks out is, is Kansas City because I think I was 10, 11 years old and, and – uh, Traveling around with the team like like I was on the team, man. It, it was great. And I look back on it now, and I look at George Brett. And he kind of t- – that, that guy always took me under his wing, and him and I just hit it off. And, you know, he's always been my guy. But he just kind of took care of me. Uh, watching Bo Jackson at the age I am now and looking back and being able to be a part of watching Bo Jackson come into the league and come up and, and just – shine and be a star in both football and baseball. Um, I kind of didn't realize what was going on when I was watching it then, but looking back on it now, like how cool that is, uh, we were very fortunate. And and those are the guys that stick out to me. Um, like you said, Saves, you had Gooby was on that team. Um, you know, you had Danny Tartable out there with, uh, who else? Uh, Willie Wilson, Frank White. Um just, just guys, just all the guys that you remember. We all have a time in, in, you know, in our journey. Sometimes it's early for some guys, it's later for, for others. Did you have a moment where you realized that you were a little different baseball-wise? You were a little more talented than your friends. You are a little bit more physical than your friends. You know, I did. And, and I think what happened was, uh, I always, I was always kind of 
one of the better players just all the time through growing up and it was kind of expected, but you know, with the practice we had at an age like that, I, I, I mean, we should be one of the better players and, and we were, but I think my senior year in high school, um, I ended up getting hurt early in the year, missed a bunch of games, but I came back and I hit like six home runs or seven home runs in a eight or nine games span. And I just realized at that moment, like that was right before I got drafted, which is a whole nother story. But, um, I just realized that that year it kind of all just clicked for me that, you know, I was just a little bit better than the rest of the players on the field. And for you, the the little kid, we all, you know, we all went through different things. I went through it first, Aaron second, Maddie third. Um, but you're kind of the you're the young you're the young one so you get dragged along i think about you know i think about my life now and the twins and and going to their brother you know their sister's volleyball or dragging the twins to jacob's baseball game and it's like oh dad i get i mean you had you had it all you had not only was mom you you had your own stuff going on but mom's dragging you to dad's games although for us you know that was the best part we always like going to the big league game but then you know she's taking you to Aaron's game i'm in college so she's taking you up to usc did ever did you ever get to a point where like mom i don't want to go to the game i'm sick of going to baseball games <laughs> you know it's it's funny just reliving all these stories um cuz you're right we never did talk we never do talk about this stuff and I don't think I ever did because it was just what we did. It was baseball. That was, that's in our blood and, and it still is to this day. But uh, it's funny you say that because we would we'd go from dad's game to Aaron's game or vice versa. And then I'd be upset at Dado Field later that night till midnight. And I got a three pack in and I had a game the next day myself. So it was, uh, mom carting us around to all of it but me kind of tagging along because at those ages that it kind of fell that way um that's why i say i spent a lot of time with mom we were kind of chasing you aaron dad and then i kind of fell when i could give a game in i'd get a game in um yeah, it's man. Those times I go back to them, and it's it's. I I have a lot of great memories, but I I kind of did it in reverse when I was growing up. Sometimes after my little league game, I'd have to go watch Aaron play t-ball, and usually I didn't want it. Usually the older brother doesn't want to watch the younger brother. It's it's the reverse. One thing right. we did have in common, though, all of us had in common growing up, is because Dad played for so long and then went right into managing. And then, and then to the front office, he never got to see any of us play much because, you know, people ask, uh, you know, fans ask all the time, what was it like having your dad at the games? And I think dad was never at the games because dad was always playing. You know, we, we go to school, we've got our little league game at three in the afternoon or our, our, our high school game, whatever it may be. Well, dad's going to the ballpark at two in the afternoon to play his game. So I laugh when people talk about how much dad got to see me play, never got to see me play. If they had an off day, you know, maybe uh, maybe if I'm playing winter ball somewhere, he might be able to come out and see us play. But but he really never did because our, our schedules were, were conflicting. Um, right. I'm interested about this, too. This is a personal thing for me. I was the first to go through it. I probably broke in mom and dad for you. Aaron got the second brunt. 
How strict was mom and dad? This is when I'm off to college, uh, so I'm not in the house. I, I don't see what's going on. Was it easier for you, or were they, were they tough on you? You know, uh, the comparisons always get thrown around, right? Uh, are you like Aaron? Are you like Brett? Who's like who? And, and it always falls as Aaron's kind of kind of like dad a little bit more, and you and I are kind of similar in our ways. Well, how, how strict were mom and dad? Did I break them in oh, well yeah. for you? I, I don't think they were as strict with me because I was the last the, the last kid. I was the youngest. They've already had two kids go through. Um, and saying not strict, I think they knew I knew what to expect. And um, dad, dad wasn't around much. Dad was playing all the time. So it was really mom. And, and it was just mom basically letting me know that, you know, you act right around here or else, you know, dad's going to hear about it when he comes off the road. And I, and I knew I didn't want that to happen. Um, so I think I knew what to expect in watching what happened with you guys and, and the way that you guys taught me as I was growing up. You went to Villa Park High School, was, uh, from right down the street from our family home. Um, Senior year, it's 1997. You're gonna, you're going to end up being a third round pick uh, by the Detroit Tigers. By the way, footnote: Matthew Boone drafted higher than any of the Boones. Um, when did you start? No, when did scouts start coming around? College pro scouts. When did you start start kind of formulating what do you want? What do you wanted? Which direction you wanted to go after your senior year? Um. You know, really, it didn't start happening. I, you know, letters started coming in sophomore and junior year, and you kind of had what you wanted. And my whole thing was, I'm going to do what Brett and Aaron did. I'm going to go to SC. So, you know, it gets closer to my junior year. I'm talking to SC. I get a letters from, uh, you know, multiple other schools, but I was just, it, this is what I'm going to do. This is what my brothers did. This is what I want to do. Uh, long story short, it's my senior year, and I start pursuing it all, and, uh, Coach Savage was over there at SC, and they're like, you know, we really need you. And, you know, I, and I wasn't the greatest student in high school. I, I was going to play baseball, and I just needed to get grades to get by. And I kind of knew where that was, and, and you know, that's what that's what I did. I was going to play baseball. So let me know where I need to be to get by, and that's where I'm going to be. So Savage was kind of recruiting us, and he's like, Matt, you know, you're kind of tight on the grades. And, and I'm kind of thinking to myself, tight on the grades? you guys want me to, you're giving me a full scholarship almost. And, I, and you're worried about my grades. Long story short, it's either they didn't want me to come there or Pepperdine. Uh, I don't know how this works, but I got into Pepperdine easier than I could get into SC. So I ended up signing a letter of intent to go to Pepperdine. And that's kind of what my focus was. And the year 97 rolls around and uh, then all the scouts, you know, you're playing scout ball, you're playing Connie Mack and all this stuff. And everyone's starting to call you and, and call dad and see if they can talk to me. And can they test me? Can they test my eyes? And that's when the pro game comes start, you know, creeping into my head. And I'm like, gosh, I don't know. I guess if I went high enough, I'd think about it. But I didn't think I was that, you know, it had never even crossed my mind um, until it actually happened, to be honest with you the draft was coming up and they said, there's a chance you could go, you know, in the top three or four rounds. And I said, yeah, that'd be cool. But I, I just really didn't think it was going to happen. So I, I was set on going to school and, uh, 
you know, next thing you know, Detroit took me in the uh, first pick in the third round, and uh, I was kind of shocked. I mean, I wasn't kind of shocked. I was beyond shocked. And, uh, you know, we went through negotiations, and Dad ended up calling me and saying, you know, what's the uh, number we think we should stick on money-wise and and with school and all that stuff. And next thing you know, they hit it, and I'm off to uh, Lakeland, Florida, to play for the Tigers. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. You were a third-round pick. I always say, well, I was a fifth-round pick, but I was a fifth-round pick at a high school at a or at a college at a high school. I didn't have the decision to make that you did because, I, you know, I was a 29th round pick and they came into the living room and, and really didn't have much to offer. Nothing that would counter me going to, to USC. So when I was going through this and doing my prep work for Maddie Boone, I'm thinking that's something I never thought about. Matthew actually is the only one of the brothers that had to make a decision because Aaron, I think Aaron was drafted later than me in the 30 something round out of high school. So we never really had a real, you know, offer that, that made us think about it coming out of high school. Um, and you were the only one that did. So you're off to rookie ball. Take me through it. 18 years old. I didn't have that experience. I, I as I get older and I watch these young players, I watch the professional game and, uh, you know, when, when I worked, when I worked in the game for a couple of years and, and I think it was 15 and 16 or 14 and 15, it, it's different for me. It takes a special 18 year old, not saying that 18 year olds can't do it, but, but only a certain amount are ready. I think the, the level of maturity, uh, from a physical standpoint and a mental standpoint has to be elite because I don't think your average 18 year old and you see a lot of great baseball players coming out of high school and they're really good players. Doesn't mean they're ready for pro ball. A lot of guys need to get that college cushion to get there. You're 18. Like you said, you're headed off to Lakeland. Take me through that a little bit. Was it everything you thought it was going to be? Was it tougher? Let me know. Tell me. So, yeah, I mean, all of a sudden this all happens so fast. I'm actually 17. I'm a late guy uh, my senior year, and, and I sign, and, I, and all my friends are going to, you know, Cabo or Cancun, wherever, senior tripping, and I'm going to work. I'm going to play baseball. And that's what I wanted to do, so I thought it was kind of cool. And, all right, so I, <laughs> I get all my gear packed up, and I'm ready to go, and they say go to Lakeland. You're going to rookie ball report here. And I show up. And it is, it's, and, and coming from our upbringing and just being around the big league clubhouse and around big leaguers and the big league lifestyle our whole entire life, I'm thrown onto a backfield with zero fans in Lakeland, Florida, and our games are in the middle of the day. It's 95 degrees and 100% humidity. And it's like I took. 200 steps back. Where am I? And what am I doing here? They just gave me a half a million dollars to come play back here this summer. So it was a shell shock, to be honest with you. I mean, I never knew what the Gulf Coast League rookie ball type baseball was. Um, so that part of it was, was just a, a shock. And that's my first year. Uh, if you want me to speak to my thoughts on college, like you got into college versus high school, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. It takes that special person. And I thought I had an edge 
because of the upbringing and being around who we were around in my family. And I know more than anyone about this game and that, but it does take a special young kid to be able to persevere and get through certain things that happen as an 18 year old kid and where you're sent and what you have to go through um, in the minor leagues. Yeah, a lot of these kids, they go from, you know, living with mom and dad, having their laundry done, having their meals cooked. All of a sudden, you're in Lakeland, and there's none of that. So it's like grow up right now. And and not only that is, yeah, this guy you're facing today is throwing 97. He's been, a, he's been in pro ball for five years. And you're not used to seeing that in high school, you know. And, and that's what I see the shock when these young kids come to, come to camp and – you know, with their chest puffed out, because usually they're a high pick. And I said, this game's going to humble you. You know, it's just how, how you take it. When, when, when you get confused, when you, when you fail, you get back up. So it's, it's a process. And it's, it's, I th- just think it's a little bit of a quicker process where you're forced to grow up in the professional arena versus that college arena. College is kind of a, you know, it's definitely a higher brand of baseball. But you still, the little things, you know, you're still using aluminum bat. Uh the pitchers are a lot better. The players are a lot better. But it's a, it's kind of an ease into. You go from 30, 35 games in a high school schedule to 65 games in a college schedule. Pro ball, you're playing 142 right out of the gate. You know, that's that's a lot of, I, I think, would be a shock for a lot of players. Uh, being 18 and saying, well, we have a game today, tomorrow, the next day, and we play 14 in a row, and then we have a day off, and then we got 16 in a row. You know, uh you're not used to that. And it doesn't even matter if you play year round, you have practices and a few games here and a few games there, but you're never playing 142 games schedule. So I think that would be tough. Uh, you had some injuries, some things that tripped you up. Uh, speak to those. Yeah, I, you know, I do. And, and people ask, it's funny. It's kind of personal to me. And and I kind of, I chuckle these days. I, I used to frustrate me, but the, the old story is what happened. Oh, I got hurt. I was going to be this guy and I got hurt. Um, I had a few injuries here and there. My big one was my back. And as you know, I think baseball and minor league baseball and, and just the path to the big leagues or the path to moving up in the minor leagues, not only does it take the perseverance and the talent and the, and the mind and the know-how, but it's the timing. I mean, you got to be in, you know, it's so cliche, but the right spot at the right time. I mean, I've seen guys make it to the big leagues and you laugh and you're like, good for him, man. And it's like, really? He made it. But he was just in the right spot at the right time. And I think, you know, that that's so important um, in in anything in life is being, you know, in the right spot at the right time. So I think I think that plays into a huge. Did um, tell me about your teammates. I remember my journey and, and, you know, I carried that that dad and we've all heard it. I think you had it the worst because you had the most people to hear about. But I always heard dad and grandpa. And, and we're always, you know, I, I look back on it. I wouldn't change anything for the world. I'm, I'm very proud of this family and, and all the accomplishments. But I remember, you know, especially when I got to pro ball and I'd go to a city and I'd be rolling and playing well. And, and that first question, 
was, uh, well, what do you think, Brett? You know, is it going to be tough to fill the shoes of your dad and your grandfather? And, you know, at first it's like, no, that's dad and gramps, you know, very respectful. But I got to, I kind of got a little bit of a resentment and I'd go city to city. I'd say, let's talk about me hitting 320 right now. I'm I'm sick of talking about my dad, loving to death, sick of talking about my grandpa. And as you know, Gramps, one of my favorite all-time men, but but we're pursuing a career and it gets to be a hassle after a while. For me, it, it probably lasted through, you know, the first the first season in the big leagues where, where I kind of established myself, then that all went away. But even when I got to the big leagues, first question, Oh, fill in the shoes of this and that Aaron had to deal with Brett, dad and grandpa, but Maddie has to deal with Aaron, Brett, dad and grandpa. How did you take that? And did it bug you? Like it kind of bugged me going through, going through the pro ranks. You know, I, I I think as far as teammates, it's always a comparison. They're always going to compare you to your dad, your brothers. Um, and being asked the question, I think the way I handled it was I, it, it just wore me out. I got asked the question so much that I kind of just chuckled it, chuckled at him like, ha, 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 you know, and, and went about my business and hopefully they didn't dig any deeper because it was just, it, it would just wear you out because it was all the time. And, and it's like, you know, it, it, it's, I, I, I was compared to all of everybody and, and, and it, and it just gets to a point where, you know, you got to chuckle about it. And, and I see your point where you go the other way with it. And it's like, what about the four bombs I hit in the last series? And I drove <laughs> in right. 12 guys and it's like, <laughs> what, what about me? Enough about them. They had their time. Right. I was you like, know? screw dad, screw gramps. What about me? Well, yeah. And you had, and you had that attitude too. It's like, listen, it's all about me. And I'm going to be better than both of them. So just let's talk about me for a minute. This is my time, man. And, yeah. and dad and gramps ain't going to get me to the big leagues. Yeah, exactly right. And I'll tell you a funny story about that. Dad and Gramps, that was my biggest pet peeve, I think, about playing through the minor leagues was I don't want the help. You know, the Boone name got, has its pros and has its cons, and I think it has more pros than cons. But my big thing was I want to make my own name. I don't want to, I don't want to be Brett Boone's brother. I don't want to be Aaron Boone's brother, and I don't want to be Bob Boone's son and Ray Boone's grandson. I just want to be Matt Boone. I want to rake. And I want to work through the ranks, and I don't want to be that. So when I, when I was 17, um, or no, I was 18, you were playing with the Reds. Aaron was with the Reds. And we were in spring training, and Buddy Bell was my uh, the big league manager. And, you know, um, us minor league prospects would come up and caddy for the guys and go on the road, the long road trips. So from Lakeland down to Sarasota, it's like, Dean Palmer ain't going down there for the night game. And Buddy Bell's trying to be cool to me and say, hey, Booney, your dad's down there. Brett's playing. You can play against your brothers. I'm going to call you up for the game tonight. I remember calling Dad on the phone, pissed off and in tears, saying, this is bullshit, Dad. I don't want to come play just because I get to play. Buddy's calling me up uh, so I can play against Brett and Aaron. And I think Dad was coaching at the time on bench coaching. And uh, I was in tears saying, I don't want to just be called up because he's doing me a favor. I'm going to tell Buddy Bell I ain't coming. 
And dad goes, if you tell Buddy Bell you ain't coming, that's the last time you're ever going to play for Buddy Bell. And I said, okay, okay. So he got me all calmed down. I ended up coming down and playing. But that was, that, to, to my point, I didn't want the help of being a boon. If I, would, I, I was too young to deserve that almost in my mind, and I just wanted to make my own name. So it gets frustrating, the comparisons for sure. Yeah, I remember that game. And it is. I mean, it, for for one part, like as your brother right in that situation, uh, I didn't think of it like you're thinking of it. I'm like, man, it's cool. We're, me and Maddie are going to be on the same field. It's the first time uh, that we we're ever on the same field because of the age difference. Now we're both adults. Right. And yes, the circumstances, I realize they were manipulated a little bit. This isn't something coming off your Gulf Coast year that you earn this call up. I understood at the same time as an older brother, it was kind of cool. I knew I knew how you were feeling like you were a little uncomfortable. You. you because you look around and you look at your teammates and what are they thinking right now? Why does Matt get to go? And, and I don't 100%. get to go again. You know, I had that with uh, me and dad had that uh, 1990 dad signed with the Seattle Mariners. That was my first spring training and it was a minor league spring training. I had just signed. I think it might've been 91 and uh, we got that phone call and uh, it was, Hey, we'd love to call Brett up for the game and Bob and Brett playing a game. Well, you know, Ken Griffey and, and Ken Griffey Jr. did it in a big league game. But Kenny still had something in the tank, senior. And Jr. was obviously the young rising star. It was a legitimate start. Uh, I just felt I had the, exactly. I'm going to echo exactly what you just said. I said, I'm not going to the big leagues because I don't deserve to go to the big leagues just to do put on this circus act so I can kind of fake play with my dad, you know, and then one day say, Hey, I played with dad. So dad and I ended up canning it. But, but I also understand his point as well. You know, dad had some say in that. Whereas in your situation with Detroit, buddy bells, the big league manager, he he's excited. He's thinking the father in him's thinking this would be really cool. You tell him, no, I think that was good advice he gave you. And by the way, nobody really looks at it like we do. Uh, when you're the when you're the subject, but but I completely understand. You know, I I see Jake, and and as you know, I just got back from a trip watching Jacob, who's for those of you listening for the first time. Jacob is my son, and he's playing uh, in an A ball league in Chicago. And I'm I'm sitting in the stands, and and uh, you know I'm watching the game, and I'm always trying to evaluate each, and you know, and I take the league for what it is. At an A-ball level, it's A-ball. I'm not going to have these huge high expectations. But it's a pretty good league, and it's a, you know, there's some good players. So I'm I'm kind of parsing through it. And I'm talking to their coaches, you know, between before the game, I go onto the field, talk to their coaches. And, and the one thing I realized, Jake has to go through all this stuff we're talking about, but just the game of baseball and how hard it is. Even at the A ball level, I'm watching these guys and I'm thinking, oh, it's A ball, you know. But but when I really watch the game and and what you go through as a professional baseball player, game after game after game, you know, sometimes the lights aren't the best and and uh, sometimes you go on big losing streaks. You don't make too much money when you're in the minor leagues. And it really I just took a moment and I, I just kind of I remember talking to one of their coaches and I said, you know, and we'll ne- don't ever forget this. This game is really hard, man. It's really hard, especially hitting. Hitting is so hard. Um, 
but it just reminds me and, and you bring up those points about the minor leagues and and i just want to echo it because it is it's really hard and uh you know it, it's i always tip my cap to the guy that perseveres makes it through and and has a career uh, after 2003 you retire what is going through your mind you're 25 years old there's got to be wait, a, can what? we clarify one thing yeah you don't retire from the minor leagues all right well you quit you get released okay. whatever thank it may you. be <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> matt, matt the played. He, got, he got he got ousted they took his uniform away all right so they took your uniform away after the 03 season it had to be a moment where you're going, all right, this is all I've ever done. Now what? Take me through it. Yeah. You know, I always said, listen, when I'm done, um, when I get my release, whenever, whatever, however it happens, I am not calling dad. I'm not using grandpa. I'm not. Whatever's going on, I'm not uh, going to use Brett to get a job. If someone wants to, wants me to play for them, they're going to call me. So, uh, that was the, uh, I was spring training. I got released and I remember it like it was yesterday, uh, driving across the desert and I packed up all my stuff and I'm driving, driving home. And, uh, I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do if it, nobody calls me? And that was kind of the shock and awe moment driving across the desert for those six hours. Like this really might be it. But for some reason I was kind of at peace with it. Like if it is, it is, and I'll figure it out. So that was kind of my initial thought at the end of my baseball career. Um, let me see what happens in the next two weeks, three weeks. And I knew it was the end of spring rosters are set. No, you know, I, I had a terrible spring. Um, I kind of felt like it was the end and, uh, nobody called, you know, dad kind of mentioned, I could probably get you. I was like, Nope, not playing that game. I'm sticking to my guns. And if someone wants me to play for them, they'll call me and it didn't happen. And, uh, that was kind of the end. And, and, uh, uh, I had to figure out what the next, what the next chapter of my life was. Before we get on to that, I want to talk about, uh, grandpa and you know as you know and and pretty much everybody that knows me knows gramps was a huge part of my life and was a huge influence on me early in in you know i'm, I'm talking when i was one year one year old but what was your relationship with him and what advice do you remember grandpa ray giving you um my relationship with grandpa, um, we were close and we had the baseball relationship, which was great. Uh, he was always tightest with you. Everyone knew that. And I think that's just the way the, the cookie crumbled and, and that's the way it was. And, and, you know, he had his spot with Aaron, but I think grandpa and I, um, we had the baseball closeness. Um, I, I just, think there was a distance there where it was just like an age thing uh, and I was the, the third of the boys so it was just kind of expected another baseball boy and uh here we go again and so um he didn't really get to see me play as much 
as he saw you and Aaron play. Um, he was getting a little bit older at that time too. So it was just like, you know, um, the age caught it a little bit to where it wasn't as close of a relationship, but it was a great relationship. What did he leave with me? What did he instill in me? Um, gosh, just, just the hard nose old school baseball work, work ethics. You know, you're there to play every day. You're going to give it your all. You're going to be a team player and you're going to back up your teammates and, and you're just going to go out there and grind and there's no excuses and you don't get hurt rub some dirt on it, get up and keep going. Just, you know, the old school mentality, and uh, which I love to this day, and I wish it was still around, but uh, I think that's really what he instilled in me. Yeah, for me, I'd, Gramps, my relationship with Gramps, as you knew how he was with me, but he would just yell at me. Hey, three for four, he, he wants to talk about the out I made. Uh, as far as dad went, it, we had a very professional relationship, especially once I got into pro ball. It was it was he had a really good uh, way with me of separating the father son. And, and he went from from coach player. And I appreciated that about dad. That's something that dad didn't maybe have with all of us. But with me, it worked. Mom, you know, her advice to me was, hey. That dip, you're going to get addicted to that dip. Your dad's been doing it forever. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't believe her, but it happened. Um, advice from from dad or or from mom uh, on your pro journey and sneak one. Did I ever tell you anything? I forget. <laughs> Come on, Matt, keep swinging hard. Okay. So, dad, advice. Oh man. What didn't he, what, what advice didn't he give me? I mean, all, all that gave me was advice. Um, <laughs> he was my coach, you know, where did I go hit? Where did I go take ground balls with dad, with dad, with dad? Um, so advice was everywhere from dad. I, I can't pinpoint one, but it goes back to grandpa. Uh, I look at dad's career and, and I look back now and it's like, holy cow. It's so amazing what dad did and and how he persevered through injury and i think that's what stands out just like just just being there and playing as many games as you can with injury or not just being there on i can tell the hard-nosed player he was i think that's what what i tried to do um play the game right play the game hard stay on the field really uh mom gosh uh advice from mom Stop drinking too many beers, I think, uh, which <laughs> is. Which we both have. We I both stopped drinking beers. Yeah, yeah. Um, she always told me it was going to be a problem, and I shrugged it off. And, and, you know, that was a good thing. She always knew it was right. That, that's a, I, I laugh, but I, I hear it echoing in my head. Um, but advice from her, um, I think, was more on the living the right kind of life advice. Um, bringing, bringing me up in a Christian home and keeping me in church and reading my Bible. Um, I think that's the most important advice mom instilled in me. Then you go off, uh, go into the turf business. Dad buys a turf pit business. You currently are the CEO and owner, uh, Boone Action Turf. 
Because I watched this, Maddie, from from start to finish. I was there in in the beginning when you were really grinded to get this thing off the ground. You started with a tile company and turf, then it turned to just turf. Then you grind it out. And I remember you and dad going to all the shows and you're getting a booth. And, and now fast forward, you know, 20 years later. And I kid all the time when when uh, for those of you listening to the Boone podcast, you know, Maddie obviously owns this this turf business. And, and I have friends all the time calling me. and uh, <laughs> and they all want a deal. And back in the day when Matthew was first starting, he would always tell me, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give him the best deal. Don't worry about it. Well, first you'd ask me, well. Who's the friend? How important is it? But we'll get him the best deal. And now I laugh it, when a friend calls me. He's like, yeah, I just want a putting green in the back. I said, Matty got a little too big for those special deals. <laughs> His advice to you is going to be get a bid down there, you know, somewhere closer to your home. But take me through the the building of that of that uh, that business and, you know, the tough times that led up to where you are now. Yeah, so it, it ended up being, you know, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. Dad buys this building. You want to be in on it. We're going to do this real estate play, but uh, we don't know what we're going to fill the building with. So we ended up filling it with carpet and turf. And, you know, long story short, we create this turf company. And I'm fresh out of, I'm going to play baseball for the re- my whole life. <laughs> uh, and I, now I'm not going to play baseball for my whole life. So uh, all that school that I just got by, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, a fresh fish out here and I'm going to start this business. So, uh, I ended up starting a turf business through the real estate play and, and occupying a building with dad. And, um, you know, it, it's funny because you ask, it, it just kind of grew. We went through our hard times. We went through, you know, our, we had to persevere through a lot. And there's times where I wanted to walk away and there's times when uh, it was okay. And there's times when it was great. It was a roller coaster, but um, we got through it. And the best part about it is now looking back on all of it, the parallels between business and baseball. Um, I look at it as I live two lives. I live this baseball life where I played uh, seven, eight years in the minor league, as long with all my other baseball. And then now I got, you know, 16, 17 years in this business and the parallels to baseball and business are so identical. And, um, it's really fun to learn and look back and compare and contrast that because you persevere, you get through stuff, you get, some people get breaks, some people don't, some people got to work a little bit harder to get jobs. Some people don't, it's connections. It's not. So I think that's the coolest thing, um, for me now looking back on it all is the parallels and that I've kind of got to live those two lives of like a business life and a baseball life, but all in all, they're the same life, just different arenas. Where can, where can people find your company? Uh, How can they contact you? Um, We're in Southern California. You can find us on the internet at boonactionturf.com. Um, and we're on Instagram and Facebook, and you can uh, find us there. All right, now we move on to some fun stuff. Uh, what's it like being a boon? Uh, being a boon, the older I get, the cooler it gets because I get to reflect. Uh, this call has made me reflect and. 
I think it's just been, uh, we're blessed to have the life that we've lived and go through what we have and uh, just be a part of the baseball experience. Uh, what's it like now when people call you for tickets? What's your answer for them? <laughs> I'll, 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 give, I'll give you my version. Okay. When I get a call, especially right now with the way things are, uh, you know, usually it's, hey, Brett, uh, could you get me some Yankee tickets? And, and my reminder to them is I'm, not, I'm Brett Boone. I'm not Aaron Boone. And Aaron Boone is the uh, manager of the Yankees, not me. So uh, if you got his number, give him a call. That's my answer. What's Matt Boone's answer? StubHub. <laughs> just send him the link. You got to just send him the link because I, you know, I, I think it was, I don't know, five, eight years ago. I really broke it down and I was like, you know, these people think I'm a ticket broker. Um, and I've dealt with just like all the comments we talked about earlier on the podcast. I've dealt with it for you, for Aaron, for dad, for everybody, just because you play for the team. They think I just have tickets stacked in my wallet. It's amazing too, isn't it? And, and sometimes when they call, now obviously, if if a really if a close friend or buddy that doesn't ask any calls me, yeah, I'll, I'll help you out with the tickets. But it's amazing to me that random people. I mean, I'll get I'll get hit up on a DM on social media. Hey, Brad, any way I could get uh, two tickets to the Yankee Boston game tonight? Oh yeah, no problem. What do you need? Where 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 can I send them to you? It's hilarious, but people will do that. What if I called your buddy and said, oh, hey, I uh, heard your brother sells couches. Can I get two of them? I just need two on Friday night. I'm having a party, and I'm just going to keep them. <laughs> it's unbelievable. All right, rapid fire. Uh, Boone Brothers, who's the smartest? Aaron. Okay. Who's the best looking? Remember whose Aaron. podcast this is? Oh. Funniest. Brett. Mom's favorite. Gosh, I, I she doesn't have a favorite. You can use yourself. Well, this is fun. I, I wouldn't even go. I wouldn't. That's not fair. Well, I'm not her favorite. But I don't think she has a favorite. I really don't. Because no, we, don't you know, I think she has a favorite. I think she has a favorite at, at, at uh, she goes through phases. Maybe for six months, this one will be her favorite. And then she'll spend more time with this one. This one's pissing think, me off. You know. Her, her favorite might be Savannah, my daughter. <laughs> that might be her favorite. Uh, I th it might be. Maddie Boone. This was a lot of fun. And uh, thanks for coming on. I'm glad we got you on. Uh, very cool and very proud to call you my brother. Uh, once again, go to booneactionturf.com. Check it out if you need turf. And what we do each and every Boone podcast at the end of the podcast is we kick it back to the voice of the podcast. Dan Levy. Dan, you there? I'm always here, Brett. Attaboy. I'm the one. I'm the voice of this podcast. All right, Matt. I cannot let you leave without one good story of Brett Boone growing up. Okay. Okay. I got, I got, this is, I don't know. This is all that popped into my head. So, uh, 
There's so many, but one of my one one of my all time favorite stories is Brett was coming off the field. I think it might have been Anaheim, if maybe San Francisco, but some heckler was on him the whole time. You know, hey Brett, you're so short, you're short, blah 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 blah. And finally, Brett had enough, and and I heard this story through one of his teammates, and he he kind of stopped and looked at the guy, and he goes, "Yeah, I might be short, but I'm a lot taller than you when I'm standing on my wallet." <laughs> that is true that is and a I classic forget. I forget where it was that's going to do it for the Brett Boone podcast my name is Dan Levy the technical director producer voice of the Boone podcast EP executive producer Rich Herrera digital all gets uploaded by Liz Landry do us a favor share the Boone podcast neighbors and friends and all those that love sports make sure you subscribe never miss an episode and while you're at it give us a five-star rating and share your feelings about the podcast by leaving a review on whatever platform you listen to the show for all of us here on the boom podcast he is brett boone you can find him on social media at the boon 29 i'm dan levy bass on air that is base on air all of my social medias thanks for listening we'll do it again soon have a great one